0: You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on.
1: All right, here we go. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast coming at you. We have three out of the four here today. I think that's a new record, or at least it's the same (laughs) record that we've previously had. Uh, Today, we are only missing Josh Lyles. He's got adult stuff to do, adult stuff to take care of. But I'm here. I'm Jake Hassan. Chris Nano is still here, or he's back. And Kevin Lapka is also here once again. So you got three out of four, guys. And we're going to try and give you guys great shows we always try to do. And talk some Bears, but boys, it's good to be back. How's everybody doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, Doing good. Uh, Started school, so trying to take care of that. But um, my my main focus is the Bears right now. I know that's probably bad to say, but that's that's the truth.
2: (laughs) No, I totally agree. We're, what, about nine days away here from uh, opening night? So how could you not be
1: excited? This is a very exciting time for uh, all Bears fans. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we have the last preseason game coming up. Uh, It'll probably be either going on or be over by the time our audience is listening to us. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Just going to do some final updates, some final housekeeping before we launch it to the season with something big, some big episode coming up on Monday when we get back to our Monday schedule. But we still want to do some housekeeping, still wanted to close out the preseason before we get to all of that. So let's get right into it. Elliott Fry, we got to talk about it. Elliott Fry was cut. Eddie Pinheiro is the guy now. Drilled a 58-yarder against the Colts last week. Also drilled a 21-yard field goal and two extra points. I mean, boys, it looks like this is who we're rolling with. It looks like this is the guy. I know all offseason we were saying, oh, you know, and we had guys come on the show. We had guys like Aaron Lemming and Nick Moriano come on the show and say that they still thought that the Bears kicker for 2019-2020 was still not on the team. And now here we are last preseason game coming up and it looks like Eddie Pinheiro is going to be the guy barring some miracle that Adam Vinatieri gets released or Steven Guskowski <laughs> gets released. How do we feel? I mean, the 58 yarder against the Colts felt great, felt awesome. How do we feel going with Pinheiro rolling with him moving forward and into the regular season? Chris, I'll start with you.
0: Um. So I know, on this podcast, I don't remember if it was you or Josh, but um, there were two of us earlier in the off that were totally on board with Pinheiro, Um and we were just talking about how we think he's going to be the guy, or at least the guy over Elliot Fry. Um, but I mean, with what he's done, he's been he's been pretty damn good. Um, he's been accurate. I mean, the, the the kicks that he's made pretty much speaks for speak for themselves. Um, but I mean, yeah, I I, I kind of always had this gut feeling it was going to be him. Um, And I was just waiting for him to show out, waiting for him to show out, waiting for him to show out. And then he finally did, um, you know, these last couple of games. And, you know, unless something goes terribly wrong um, in the last preseason game, I think he's going to be the guy.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Obviously you're a little bit more confident now seeing him make that fifty-eight yarder, but you're still unsure. I mean, let's look at the Vikings, right? They gave up a fifth rounder for Kyir Vedvik, and he comes out and has a terrible preseason performance in their third game. And that's the, you know, unfortunate thing about kickers is it's so, you know, for guys who you don't are not established, it's so inconsistent. And you don't like one day you know, they'll be great. Like, again, I'll use the Vedvik example. Week two, he was great. And that's why the uh, the Vikings traded for him with that fifth round pick. And then the next week, he's not so great. So, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure Pinero is going to come out, you know, in the regular season and be that consistent guy hitting 58 yarders all the time that being said i you know if i were to make a prediction i would say it would be Pinero going forwards just because of you know if you look at the time right now you got again 8 days until uh, opening night you're not really going to make any transactions that are going to change the scheme of this of this kicking situation so i, I think it's going to be Pinero, but obviously you're more confident but still not 100% uh, about him yet but obviously a little bit more hope and promise
1: yeah i mean it, in the Vedvik example is a great example because now The Vikings seemingly don't know what to do with them. They don't know if they'll just have them doing kickoffs, if they are going to let them kick field goals, if they're going to have them punt. And, you know, they gave up a draft pick for them, and now they don't know what to do with them. Could have easily been the Bears. The Bears gave up a pick. Granted, it was a compensation pick, and it really probably won't mean anything to the Raiders down the road. But they still gave up something, and I think Chris alluded to it. We mentioned it earlier in the offseason. When you give up a draft pick for someone, no matter what it is, it's a pick, and it has some value to your team, and so that's going to put him ahead of guys who are just signed for money, like Elliot Fry and Chris Blewett and all the guys we saw come before this. So that does say something. And uh, But Pinheiro has been good, and he was very, very good against Indianapolis. I know we can all say, oh, well, it's a dome. It's Lucas Oil Stadium. Of course you get it a 58-yarder. I mean, yeah, but – we know that the roof was open and it offers a, at least a little bit more of a challenge than if it were fully closed. Uh, Pinheiro said that himself uh, even so just the fact to see him make that though from nearly 60 and then hit drill the 21 yarder and then drills extra points. Like you're going on a high note now. And so we'll see what he does against Tennessee. If Nagy even lets him kick. I mean, we're on this trend with all the starters sitting, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So, To end this Pinheiro discussion, where are we at confidence level on him or comfortability level on a scale of one to 10? How comfortable are you with Pinheiro? How confident are you in Pinheiro going into the regular season?
0: Um, Confidence level, I would say it's at at about a seven, seven and a half. Um, You know, to to the point of the, uh, you know, uh, he he made that kick indoor and, and whatnot, you know, if, if it was Cody Parkey kicking that, would we feel confident that he'd make it indoor or outdoor <laughs> regardless? The answer is no, right? We wouldn't feel confident. So, I mean, the fact that he made a 58 yarder should count for something. In my opinion, I, I mean, I think that's incredible regardless of, of where it is. Um, and I know obviously it's going to be a lot tougher kicking in Chicago with the wind and whatnot. Um, but I mean, Eddie Pinheiro has been good for pretty much his entire football career. If you date back to even high school, um, so I mean, he was good in high school, good in college, and you know, he, he's shown us he can do great things. It's just finding the consistency, um, and you know, a, a lot of this this kicking stuff is, is mental too. So as long as he sees his kicks start going in, um, his confidence will grow, and and you know, I think I think he'll be our kicker, and I'm I'm decently confident in him.
2: Yeah, I'll go with around a round of seven. I kind of like that number as well. It's just again for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, we we still just don't know, and at this point. It's, not, it's too late to bring anybody else in. So you just got to pretty much accept the fact that it's going to be Pinheiro going forward. But, you know, he. I believe the statistic is he's been 8 of 9 in the preseason on, on his kicks. That, that's field goals and extra points included. That's solid. Obviously, you know, it's a small sample size, but 8 of 9, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. Obviously, he had that one miss at Soldier Field on the north side of the end zone that obviously you don't like. And obviously, you know, that's the, the outdoor conditions that Chris kind of mentioned. But... I think, nonetheless, everyone's kind of relying on that 58-yarder to boost their confidence, which, you know, is a fair point. But just to go back to the point, the consistency is still something that needs to be proven. That's why I think Jake mentioned this. I think he'll play against the Titans. And I think if you see him go perfect against the Titans, you're looking at that confidence level moving from about a 6 to a 7 to more of like an 8 an eight or 9. So.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to get a real test from him once those lights come on, once uh, once the season opens and the kicks start to mean something. I think we're going to learn a lot about Pinheiro. But hopes are high. Everyone it has a perfect right to be, in, in my opinion, in that high sixes and then seven and eight as far as confidence and comfortability when it comes to Pinheiro. We'll see what happens. Obviously, everything can change. But as of right now, coming off that 58-yarder, I know we keep hammering that point home, but 58 yards is nothing to sneeze at. So, I'm going to keep hammering that home, but we'll move on. We'll move on to something a little bit, uh, something else to talk about. But let's do some other housekeeping injury updates. We got to talk about Trey Burton, Anthony Miller, Aaron Lynch. Uh, those three, I think, are the most prominent guys who are watching as far as injury and guys who are expected to be starters against the Packers. So, uh, let's start with Burton. Hasn't played in a preseason game. Very unlikely that he plays tomorrow, especially. After that weird groin injury, everything that happened in the Eagles game, so on and so forth. Um, But all reports out of practice are that he's healthy and that we're going to have him available for week one. The Bears are going to have him available for week one, which to me is huge because – We did see Mitch Trubisky kind of look to Burton as a safety blanket at some points in the season and look to Trey Burton as, all right, where's my big tight end? Where's the guy that I know has these sure hands I can count on him, even if it's for just three or four yards as opposed to a big play? I need him. I'm feeling the pressure. I think Burton, we're going to see a chip on his shoulder almost because – you know, athletes are people, too. Athletes have social media, too. He heard the chirps after the Eagles game. He heard the complaints, the people wondering how committed he was to the Bears. I think we're going to see something from Burton. I think he wants to show that he can be worth the money the Bears spent on him, that he is worth that money. Um, so I'm going to be excited to see him against the Packers. I'm excited to see how he does. And I think there's going to be a real opportunity there for Burton and Mitch to do something because that Packers – That Packers uh at middle, their linebackers aren't the most stout group in the entire league.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, with with Trey Burton, um, like to your point about how people were chirping and stuff like that. Um, I I hundred percent agree. I think he he definitely knows what people were saying, myself included, and you know, I'll take all the flack if he comes out and, you know, does well. But um, I think I think this is a pretty important year for him as a Chicago Bear, just because of what did happen with the Eagles and you know, we did, we did offer him a decent amount of money. Um, and he is, you know, one of the higher paid tight ends. Um, but you know, as far as he's, he's a very talented tight end. I think we all know that, um, we know he can catch the ball and, and like you said, you know, Mitch did look for him, um, as, as a security blanket, safety blanket. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a really big year for him as long as he stays healthy. I think he will produce to a certain extent how much, um, I can't, i, I I wouldn't be able to tell you that. I'm not really sure about like a prediction or anything. But um, the the biggest thing is obviously we're talking about it his injury. But the biggest thing is just his health, in my opinion. Um, if he stays healthy, I think he'll be a pretty important piece to this offense.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Trey Burton, especially if you're a fantasy player, he's not going to be a guy that's going to give you 100 yards and a touchdown on a consistent basis. Obviously, those are unrealistic numbers for any tight end. But I don't even think he'll achieve that four out of the 16 games of the year. I think. What I want to kind of bring up, though, is, you know, people haven't really been talking about Burden, but people have not. I mean, zero word about Adam Shaheen, which I think that is just mm. the way Matt Nagy likes it. I mean, he is their secret weapon right now. He has not played in a single preseason game, which although people may not like that, that means he has a cemented roster spot and a cemented role uh, on this team and in this offense. I honestly think that they're just kind of you know keeping him there and hiding him from the other teams because no one really knows what they can do with Adam Shaheen, and I just bring that up because ultimately, at the end of the year when you're when you're looking back at, it, I think you're going to see Shaheen and Trey Burton have around the same amount of snaps uh, during the regular season. I really do because, it, of course, it depends on health for both of them. Those are two players who have both been extremely injured throughout their careers, but. Uh, you know just the way it's looking is Adam Shaheen almost seems healthier than Trey Burton which is something we haven't heard in a long time because we know of Adam Shaheen's history of injuries but I I just want to bring that up because those two being in play is going to take a little bit of the pressure off Burton who seems like he has to to prove all these things after missing the game against the Eagles after being injured he he wants to come out and show what he can do which he may may achieve that but uh, Adam Shaheen is still there to take some of the load off of Burton and, and again like you mentioned be that Guy, that safety blanket for Mitch. And honestly, when you talk about like tight end mismatches, Adam Shaheen is a bigger frame, a bigger receiver. So if you want to be a safety blanket, you know, I'd rather if Howard Mitch throw the ball up to Shaheen than Burton just from a jump ball purpose. But uh, definitely uh, look out for Shaheen as we go closer here to Week
1: One. Shaheen's a really good point, actually, and I think he's someone we've talked about a lot. And you know the injuries, and we've talked about with that with him. I think that's a really good point with him because I think at this point, the less you hear about Adam Shaheen, if he's not playing in these games, I think the better because then you're not hearing he's hurt in practice. You're not heard. He's getting put on IR with a ankle injury or whatever it is. So I, I think Adam Shaheen's a really good one to watch. Obviously his, the the talk around him and the, the luster of his star, I guess has kind of faded a little bit because of those injuries and because people are like, Oh, we spent a second round pick on this guy and he hasn't done anything. I think that's a really good point, Kevin. I, I really like Adam Shaheen as a sleeper for the bears this year. Chris, how do you feel about
0: him? Um, you know, I'm not as confident as you guys in him. Um, I just think he has to prove pretty much everything. Like I, I, I just, I mean, he's yeah, absolutely. Done he's done virtually nothing. Um, if we're being completely honest and, and mm-hmm. you know, and you, you guys know how I feel about, um, You know, people being critical of injuries like I, I I just hate when people blame people, blame players for injuries. I just don't feel like it's right. Um, And, you know, it's not like he's he's out there trying to get hurt. He's trying to help help the team out. He's trying to be out there with his guys. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he has everything to prove. Um, And like we just mentioned, I mean, Trey Byrne has a lot to prove. So, you know, if they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, it, it could, you know, it could be very beneficial for the Bears.
1: Yeah, I mean everything – and I think back to Kevin's point about him being a secret weapon, that would be incredible. I mean to have yeah. this guy who is who was an athletic freak coming out and someone who we thought – I mean he got the name Baby Gronk and like that's something yeah. that you could really look forward to. If he can contribute anything, if he can contribute half of that, you're going to take it. So Adam Shaheen definitely won uh, out, kind of out of the, the blue there from Kevin but a really good talking point point. really someone I think we can – hope for and look for. And now we're speaking out into existence. So we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah. I want to add one um, more thing just about for it, real quick. For so, you know, the thing is obviously he has not played in very many games. So when teams are looking at the tape, for just the tight ends in general, they want to see what the tight ends are capable of, what the Mad Nagy offensive team is gonna do with the tight ends. They're seeing what Trey Burton can do, they're seeing what maybe Bronica could do. Shaheen is a totally different tight end from Burton. That's why I think it is such a such an advantage because you know the routes that Shaheen is running is not the same as what Burton is running when Burton is on the field. Um, just because there are such different players, you're gonna be seeing the offense do different things with Shaheen that basically no team has film evidence on and that's why it's so crucial is no one can just go look at you know last season of the year before and see oh okay this is when they're utilizing adam shaheen or let's see okay they utilize trey bird in these situations they'll probably utilize adam shaheen in the same situations that's not the case due to them being completely different players so i think that just adds another element the fact that there really is no evidence on no tape for any team to watch and the fact that they're such different players is going to make him you know like we say that sleeper pick
1: I mean, it'll be interesting. And I'm, I mean, we've seen him make some really good plays in the preseason before. So if he can transfer that over and be something, it's gravy. Uh, let's move into other injury uh, updates. Uh, let's start with Aaron Lynch and we'll save our our guy, the guy we all I think we're waiting to talk about. But until the end, but we'll do Aaron Lynch right now. Uh, he was dealing with yet again, another injury. I mean, that's same old story for really Aaron Lynch. It seems like he's always dealing with some kind of nagging thing, whether it be a shoulder or a hamstring or an ankle, but he always shows up and he's always there. Um, I do think injuries maybe nagged at him a little bit last year and influenced his play a little bit. Uh, if the healthier he can be, the better not expecting to see him tomorrow against the Titans, obviously. But I mean, if Aaron Lynch can be there consistently, and be that outside presence with, I mean, with Leonard Floyd and Cleo Mack and Akeem Hicks and be that disruptive presence. I think Aaron Lynch could be a really big part of this pass rush going forward. I think they've all had another year to gel, another year to kind of come together and be in a more ferocious unit. Um, it's everyone's saying he's expected to play against the Packers. Obviously, that's awesome. The more of your defensive starters and the more of the unit you have together once the regular season starts, the better. Uh, Aaron Lynch. How are we feeling, confidence level, and him starting week one against the Packers?
0: Um, I, I think he'll be ready to go. Um, you know, I, I think, in my opinion, Aaron Lynch is a starting caliber player. Um, I, I, I 100% believe that. I think his, his career has just been derailed by injuries, like you mentioned. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's on this team as practically a backup um, is 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 pretty exciting. He he just that's just another guy. Bottom line that just needs to stay healthy, um, you know. But I mean the mo- you know, like whatever we can get out of him, I, I think we'll, we'll take it just because he is so good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm expecting him to be ready when the season starts. I'm expecting all three guys that we're going to talk about to be ready. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do, um, you know, this season. Just 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 praying he, he's on the field.
2: Yeah, he, he should be ready. He and Anthony Miller returned to practice two days ago, so that's a good sign that they're at least participating in contact activities and things like that, getting them ready for the season. And honestly, I would just say, kind of just keep him on a you know a low run for these uh, for the next week or so, just to avoid any slight injury, because we know he has a knack for those before September fifth. But again, like Chris mentioned, I mean, you're talking about a guy like Aaron Lynch, who you know with a full 16 game season, full health could be a starting outside linebacker on a handful of teams around the league. So the fact that he's, you know, a depth player, more of a second-string guy, who's was going to be there to replace uh, Khalil and uh, Leonard when necessary, I think, is huge. But uh, to go back to the whole health standpoint, he should be ready to go. You know, if I were Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, I'd keep him on lighter reps until September 5th. There's nothing that he has to go out there and prove this next week in practice. He's going to make the roster, obviously. So, uh, you know, ju- just keep him on light reps and-, and have him ready so he can wreak havoc September 5th
1: yeah and I think that's been the whole point of this resting the starters not having him play in the preseason game just have him as healthy and ready to go as possible once September 5th rolls around and one guy the last guy who we want ready as ready as possible for September 5th and a guy I think we all know is itching biting at the bit to get back for this game just because of his competitive nature and he really wants to prove something Anthony Miller he's a fan favorite he's one of our favorite players we love to talk about him Coming off that shoulder injury that required surgery. He's been held out of all preseason action. Has been doing some light practice and starting to ramp up his practice reps. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna take a little bit of a boulder. I need I need Anthony Miller out there on September 5th. Like yeah. I inject Anthony Miller into my veins on it September 5th because you need him. He's you saw his confidence go up as the season went on last year in his rookie year. You know, it seemed like with every catch he made, he got a little feistier, a little more aggressive, a little more willing to put himself out there, a little more willing to chirp at other players. I need Anthony Miller out there talking trash to the Packers defense, making some big plays. And I know he wants to be out there, too. Right now, all soins, all signs point to him being out there. All signs point to him being that guy. And again, we talked about with Trey Burton earlier safety blankets, guys that Mitch Trubisky likes to go to. Anthony Miller is absolutely one of those guys. He's quick. He's got a big body. He he makes the catch through traffic, not a will, Not afraid to take the hit. And he's a guy you love, and he's a fan favorite for a reason. I And I'll just end with this and turn it over to you guys. I'm just going to read it. I need Anthony Miller out there September 5th against the Packers and talking as much trash as he can.
0: Yeah, um, I 100% agree with all that. I mean, we know this guy – this guy's a competitor. He wants to win. He'll do anything it takes to win. And honestly, if, in, in my opinion, even if he's not 100 percent, he's going to play uh, against the Packers. Yeah. I, I I mean, I know people are going to bring up the argument of how we should, you know, preserve him for you know, the entirety of the season. But I mean, this is against Green Bay. The, the, there's no game that means more on, on the schedule, you know. Um, and obviously, I'm not saying not all games are uh are are important. You you get my point though. I mean, it's the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears opening night. I mean, there's no way he's missing that game. Um, and mark my words, if this guy stays healthy, he's going to have a breakout year an absolutely breakout year. And I'm not just talking about numbers. I think he's just gonna, he's just, his tape is going to be phenomenal this year. If he stays, if he's on the field. Um, and honestly, as much as I love Allen Robinson, I think he can overtake Allen Robinson as our WR one
2: Ooh. Whoa. That yeah. That is a prediction right there. That's, That's a prediction. I, I'm not sure about that. I I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, I believe he was saying, I don't know if he was tweeting or it was an interview. He's ready to go. Obviously, he's chopping at the bit right now to get out on the field. He was back at practice, but, you know, he kind of cleared the air uh, with the reporters two days ago, he said he is completely healthy, completely ready to go. Nothing's going to get in his way from now on to September 5th, which is promising to hear because, you know pretty much before that, everyone was a little bit unsure that they assumed he was going to play, but they weren't sure at what level he'd be playing at. If he'd be a hundred percent, if he'd be 80, 90%, uh, it appears to me that he will be hundred percent, a full go. And again, I can, I think the main thing is what, what Jake has been mentioning his intensity, man. When these players went out of the tunnel and get going against the Packers in the hundred season, in the NFL, 100th hundred season, in the Chicago bears, one of the most historic games in NFL history. Like, he's going to add to that electricity to to a huge extent. So uh, I'm excited to see that. But from, a, from from an actual football standpoint, obviously you need his red zone presence, which is what, you know, the main thing we know for Anthony Miller. I, I say, Chris, if you were to, um, you know, if you were to say Anthony Miller is going to overtake Allen Robinson, in anything, it, it, I would say it would be touchdowns because he has an neck front in the end zone. He is a nice red zone target for Trubisky yards I'm not sure just because we know that comfort level between Trubisky and Robinson is there we know that he's the go-to guy so that's the only thing where I see Miller could lack Robinson but end zones touchdown I, I would say he-, he could beat out Robinson I'll give you that for uh for touchdowns
0: yep uh I just wanted to mention really quick there were um I don't know if you guys saw this it was I want to say about a month ago um Brett Coleman he, he breaks down um plays and NFL players and and what they do good, what they need to work on, whatnot. And he 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 was breaking down Mitch Trubisky and he was talking about um, how many times Anthony Miller was open and Mitch Trubisky either missed him, didn't see him or something along those lines. So, I mean, he's doing his job out there. He was doing his job out there the entire the entire season last season. Um, So I think, you know, as long as, you know, Mitch finds him. I think he could he could be that guy. I honestly do believe that. I think he's 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 that good. He's just a playmaker. Um he has what it takes. And like you guys have been mentioning about him the entire time. I mean he's he's ferocious. He just he wants to be out there, he wants to win, and you know, he wants to make plays.
1: Yeah, and honestly, Chris, I'm not gonna I it's definitely spicy to say that Anthony Miller takes over Alan Robinson as WR one, but I don't think there's any reason that there can't be two WR1 caliber players on this team. Um, I do think I think Eddie Miller definitely has that wide receiver one potential, that top receiver potential Um, and I've said this before on this podcast I think we forget though that Allen Robinson very much has that potential too. I think we all forget that it usually does, even though an athlete can come back in a season from an ACL injury, it usually takes them two years to get back to that production that they were at before that around then so usually they need a season to build themselves up get back start working back towards the level of player that they were I think we don't give Alan Robinson enough credit for the receiver he was right before that injury because he's definitely working his way up Um, and I think the Bears will have two top receiver caliber players on this team Um, I think we're gonna be talking about both of them as wide receiver ones come this offseason this upcoming yeah, offseason. Yeah, I Not mean, if
2: if you're a big fantasy guy, I'll bring up the fantasy thing because I know people are going through their drafts. They're trying to make trades and acquisitions and everything. Allen Robinson is, is quite possibly a very, very uh, viable candidate for one of the top wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos in your fantasy league because, again, you saw his production with Jacksonville, which was top five in the league as far as fantasy, as far as yards, as far as touchdowns that year. And, again, last year he showed the glimpses of what he was able to do in Jacksonville just a year after ACL reconstruction surgery. So now with that second year, like Jake mentioned, you can expect him to go back pretty damn close to those numbers that he had in Jacksonville, which were top five wide receiver numbers. So fully expect that to happen. But, um, you know, like you mentioned two wide receiver ones is, well, I mean, I guess it's not really a thing, but just two viable candidates to be a thousand plus yard receivers, I guess is what we're trying to say here. Uh, that is very real possibility with these two guys.
1: Definitely Uh, keeping it moving here, keeping this train going. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the final preseason game tomorrow against the Tennessee Titans, the kicker before we get into the regular season and the game we've all been waiting for. Uh, I mean, not much to look for. I think all eyes are still going to be on Pinheiro, assuming that he plays Um, elsewhere. I mean, Kareth Wythe Jr. Maybe Ryan Nall. they're fighting for spots, but we can get into that when we get into our roster predictions. Um, anything specific that you guys are looking for or anything that you want to comment? I mean, obviously the starters aren't going to play. Um, they usually don't in the fourth preseason game anyway, but any final notes on this preseason?
0: Um, I actually just wanted to bring up one guy. Cause I was speaking very highly about him this entire off season. Um, Duke Shelley has not mm-hmm. looked too good. Um, he's just looks a step behind right now. Um, and I, I don't know if, you know, I'm, 'Cause I know sometimes it's players just don't take preseason seriously and I know that's probably not a good thing since he is a, a rookie, but um, you know, I, I had very high hopes for him. I'm I'm hoping he can improve and, and get better and clean up the, the mistakes. But um yeah, he hasn't looked too good. I'm gonna be paying attention to him uh in this last game for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean he's obviously a lock to make the roster because he was a draft pick, but like a mid round draft pick. Um But, you know, I didn't expect him to come out and get, you know, seven pick sixes, and he hasn't necessarily looked the greatest, but you do have to remember he is a rookie that needs development. He has had his moments where he's looked really good on the tackling end of it. His coverage has really been the main issue, so... you know he's not really going to get much tick during the season. Uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to need a little bit of development. But it would nice to see a little bit more from him here against the Titans. Fully expecting all the starters to play, as if that was a question anyway. From what we've seen last year and through these first three games, not a single starter and even key depth players will not play. I wouldn't be surprised if Dion Bush doesn't play. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if there are you know a few guys who are labeled as second stringers don't play because they still will be, you know, essential for these, uh, these games during the regular season. But again, look for Pinheiro. That's obviously the main thing you're going to look for. He'll get all the kicks. He'll get, you know, all of, uh, you know, they're going to do the same thing. If they got the ball at the 30 yard line, they might try, you know, to just run it down to fourth down and get, uh, any Pinheiro that chance again. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what you're watching. Watch Kwiatkowski and Iggy. Um, you obviously, we talk about that battle. It, it, it honestly seems like Kwiatkowski winning that. We'll talk about that. I know we'll talk about that with our roster predictions but you know just look for those defensive battles and again I mentioned this about uh, two podcasts ago or whatever. Chuck Pagano's defensive schemes we saw it even more on display against the Colts watch for that again here against the Titans especially in certain situations what is Pagano doing uh, from a scheme standpoint on first down on third down on second down uh, you know whether it's third and long third and short how is he uh, handling those situations with his schemes I think that's one th- uh, one of the main things you're going to watch for
1: Yep. Yeah. I think the Pagano thing is a very interesting one because obviously he's not going to pull out all the bells and whistles and preseason and let everyone take their notes on him immediately. But I do. I agree that there's some interesting things to be gleaned there. And all right, let's get into our final topic of the night. Let's talk about the 53 man roster, who we expect to stick, who we expect to go on the practice squad. Um, Let's talk about The running backs first. Uh, Let's start with the offense. Obviously, your quarterbacks are going to be the same as last year. Trubisky and Chase Daniel, Tyler Bray most likely then on the practice squad. Um, Running backs, though, it really seems like obviously we have that three-headed monster, Montgomery, Cohen, and Davis. The fourth spot's the really one that's up for battle. Uh, It's really between Ryan Null and Kareth Wythe Jr. Uh, Right now, I give the edge to Wythe. I know we all love Ryan Nall. he's kind of a preseason favorite he's a guy that you know people like to watch him and he makes exciting runs every now and then but wife has the the uh, the edge of being a draft pick and he's just got that straight line speed I think he has some value on special teams that Nall really doesn't uh, remember that Nall spent all of last year on the practice squad for the Bears so right now I think that wife gets the 53 man edge and Nall's probably on the practice squad again
0: yeah, I'd I have to agree with that. I think uh White does edge him just by a little bit. Um he's just more of an electric running back and I think that's kind of what the league has been has shifted to. Um, you know, these big bruisers are not as useful and I and I, I hate I feel disrespectful kind of saying that, but um, you know, <laughs> Ryan Nall still still a very good player. Um and yeah, I, I'm expecting him to be on the practice squad, but I, I think it could go either way. Um, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if those if it went the other way, but um, I, I think these are two solid guys um, that that we can that we can keep with us. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see what what happens in this last game and see you know who who eventually makes it. But I'm I'm rolling with White right now.
2: Yeah, this is a very full running back room, and obviously it's between Null and White. But I, I think again, I'm going to go with you guys. I think it's going to be with White just because you know we have Cohen, Montgomery, Davis. When are you really seeing Ryan Nall have an impact on this roster? Maybe special teams, but if you're making that case, obviously White is a better special teams player. But you know, if you want to do something creative on the offensive side with White or with either White or Naut, you're probably going to go with White because of his ability to break open a big time play because of his speed. You know, if you're running an offensive play with Naut, it's probably a halfback dive up the middle, but when is that ever happening with the running back room that we have, is all I'm going to say and you know, honestly, I think they should just cut him because I th- I really do think he deserves a chance on another team. Um I, they want to they want him to hang around the practice squad for for our purposes, but you know, this guy could be an RB3 uh, on a different roster given the right opportunity, but just with the guys that are here in the Bears running back room it's, it's simply not going to happen so for those reasons i think it's going to be White. b now uh not even though i will say Nall has been very impressive he had that 69 yard rush uh in the preseason yeah. game against the colts he's been by far the better player in the preseason but just for what white provides in the future and on special teams is, is why we're going with him basically
1: yeah and i definitely agree in the right situation ryan Nall could probably help someone somewhere else but you know Stuff happens, obviously, we're not expecting to, but he's a good guy to have a run on the practice squad just in case. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, wide receiver, I don't think there's any surprises here. We know who's going to be there. Um, you know, no Kevin White around. Hall was released earlier this preseason, which really allows Riley Ridley to be that sixth receiver. We assumed they were going to keep six. I mean, obviously, Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller weren't going anywhere, Ah, uh, Cordell Patterson. After you paid him that money, was not going anywhere. So really, it came down to Javon Wims and Riley Ridley. Riley Ridley was a fourth round pick, so he likely wasn't going anywhere from the start, which left Javon Wims, who impressed this preseason. I know Chris is a huge Javon Wims guy. Uh, he's been a huge Javon Wims guy since he was drafted. Uh, he had a really, he's had a really good preseason, and I think maybe he's kind of moving himself into seeing a couple more snaps than he did last year, this year. I think he's carving out a little bit bigger of a role this year is when the regular season comes. So I know Chris, you're probably waiting to talk about him. So I'll wrap it up here and pass it over to you.
0: Yeah. um, You know, everything, everything about Javon Wims excites me. I think, you know, he's, he's really talented and I think people just don't talk about him because they haven't seen him. Um, I think the biggest thing with him is just the lack of opportunity and, you know, it's, it's really no one's fault because the guys ahead of him are, you know, talented as well. And, and they're going to be heavily used in this offense. So, um, it's not like he's, he's, uh, it's not like he's being, you know, underutilized just because, you know, there, there's a reason for that. But, you know, if he does see the field, I think he's going to produce, he's going to be a very good player. Um, and, you know, I, I can't wait to, to see him, you know, play, I, I, I'm fully expecting a larger role, um. And, yeah, um, you know, him and him and Riley Ridley, the Georgia boys, I, I'm expecting them to have to have decently sized rolled. Uh, one guy I wanted to bring up was Marvin Hall. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's been talk about him, um, you know, maybe making the roster as a special team teams guy. But um, I, I think I, I don't see it at all. But, yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, on him.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're going to keep those six. Unfortunately, he hasn't showed enough to me yeah. to where he, he deserves a spot. Uh, he's a talented player, but you want to see him produce plays in the preseason, which really hasn't happened. He's had a few plays in camp that have been eye-opening and have showed promise. But as far as the actual gameplay, uh, we haven't really seen much. But that's a, that's an interesting thing, too. You obviously make that case, and then you say, well, where the heck has Byerly Ridley been, you know, these past three preseason games? I mean, he's been, no, I haven't seen a, you know, Anything big from him uh, in the preseason games? I know we again same thing. You've seen a few things from camp. Obviously, he's a fourth round pick, so you're not doing anything with him. But you know, I, I would like to see. I guess I'll go back to you know uh, a foreshadow of of game four here tomorrow against the Titans. I would like to see more Riley Ridley. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not active against the Packers simply because Wims will probably get, be getting most of his time with the special teams unit. He's obviously not a guy who's going to be on the field for I would say ten plus snaps a game. I'll be probably on there for five or six. You won't see a ton of him, especially in game one. Um, but Riley, I mean Riley Ridley, we just we just don't know what he's capable of. So to throw him out there, I mean if you're expecting him to see the field uh, from a wide receiver standpoint uh, against the Packers, I don't. I mean he might see the field, but. Will he get a reception? I I think it's extremely unlikely, just because we really haven't seen him do much at all, uh, especially in these preseason games. But yeah, Marvin Hall, uh, good player, but not not enough for him to stay on the roster.
0: Um, I yeah, just I, wanted, I just I, wanted to go ahead, on, up. My, uh, my bet to cut you off, Jake. Um, no, you're but, good. Uh, Riley Ridley. I, I mean, I think Kevin, you brought it up earlier, just uh, about the whole hiding him kind, uh, type of thing. You know, I sure. feel like that could that could be happening with Riley Ridley, honestly, because sure. I know I know when they drafted him, um, you know, that they, they, they definitely had high hopes for him and they were talking highly of him. So um, I, I do agree, though, that I don't think he'll be he'll be utilized much, you know, in that first game or maybe even the beginning of the season. But I think he'll be he'll be a I don't want to say key component to this offense, but he'll he'll be there. He'll be making plays. Sure. Um, and and I'm, I'm I'm expecting that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that I agree with what Chris said about Ridley. And then just as far as Hall, I mean, this is in his third season. He's probably going to get cut. I wouldn't doubt he gets picked up somewhere else, but yeah. he, there's just no space for him at the end of the day. There's no space for him out here on the Bears. So unfortunate, but I'm sure he'll stick somewhere else. Uh, Moving on tight end, nothing really to see Uh, Bradley soul has been a good story for the preseason as far as moving from offensive line to tight end. Um, I think that there's a chance the bears keep someone like Ian Bunting, who's had a decent preseason uh, just because, you know, Soule, you're probably just using him in special instances, you know, like how we saw last year when he caught that touchdown pass and Ben Bronnecker, I have absolutely zero faith in, so I think the Bears probably (laughs) keep a fifth tight end. Um, Whether that be Bunting or another person who uh, impressed the preseason, I don't know who it'll be. Do you think they're going to cut Broniker? Uh, I doubt it because they gave him money this offseason. I doubt it. I just didn't know if that's what you were trying to say. No, I don't think they'll cut him, but I just think that there's a chance for someone who is a little more, let's say, skilled at catching the ball that will maybe stick as a fifth tight end and be used sure. in some situations that he would have been used in last year.
2: I would be shocked if they kept five. You're probably looking at it being Burton, Shaheen, Broniker. And I think it's really kind of a toss-up between Dax Raymond, Ian Bunting, and Bradley Sowell. Although Jesper Horsted, I believe it was Horsted who had that incredible catch in the back of the end zone, uh, kind of yeah. lost the guy on the Colts. That was great, but obviously yeah. that's yeah. we've only really seen that from him. But... um Again, Bunting is a guy I like. He's he's he showed off some things, but you know Bradley Sowell you're looking at has more of a blocking tight end and his abilities to do that because of course he's a former offensive lineman. The dude knows how to block, uh, whether it's <laughs> being a tight end or being an offensive lineman, he knows how to block. Um, whether it's catching the football, I don't, I don't I don't really know. But you know if you're going the safe route, you're probably looking at Burton, Shaheen, Bronicker, and Sowell, uh as those four who are going to make it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with Sowell. Just because of his role as a blocker, I think he's just a little bit more useful. Um, and, you know, you, Bunting and Raymond just haven't done enough, in my opinion. I, they're they're good. They've shown flashes, but it's just... I don't know. I mean, they, they've done nothing worth, you know, noting, I guess. So, yeah, I, I, I'd have to go with Bradley Sowell, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I was just throwing it out there. Yeah, there's no chance they cut Brownecker, but moving on offensive line, this is something to talk about. The Bears have had issues finding a backup. Obviously, we know what the starters are going to be. Leno, Massey, Whitehair, Long, Daniels, those guys, same unit, same guys. Um, important to keep those guys together. But backup has been an issue as far as injuries uh, this preseason now even some people talking about Alex Barr's undrifted rookie sticking on the roster as a backup yeah. now. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I believe in Harry Highstand. I think he can make anyone a decent offensive lineman. But, yeah. I mean, this is a little concerning. Yeah,
0: hey, uh, Kevin, you can take this one real quick, bro.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a little bit concerning simply because we know how injury prone this. Well, I mean not the whole offensive line, but we know injury prone Kyle Long is. So it is kind of important, you know, to have viable uh, backup offensive linemen. And obviously, we know TJ Clemmings went down with an injury, probably will go to IR. Uh, Ted Larson is there, who I think is an okay option. Rashad Coward, who hasn't necessarily looked great. But he's gonna be there, and then I think it's, I think they're gonna keep Bars for depth purposes, especially now that Clemmings is out. Because I think it would have been Clemmings, uh, who would have kind of taken that role over Bars. But since he's going to IR, he's gonna get cut, and Bars is gonna slide in there. I mean, Cornelius Lucas has looked terrible, uh, so I, I quite frankly think it will be Bars who slides in there. And again, you're working with a guy like Harry Stan you're going to, you know, grow, you're going to become a better offensive lineman. As time goes on, it's unlikely bars will ever really see the field. Uh, but you know, give him some time to develop on the active roster, but you know, God forbid anything happened with long or, or white hair, or any of those guys, uh, it, you know, you need bars on the roster. And I just want to bring up one thing since we're talking about the O line right now. Uh, the Bears usually will extend a player. I was reading an article. I forget who wrote it. Uh, I, I forget who wrote it, but uh, it was about the history of their of their player extensions under Ryan Pace uh, and the timing of that. And, and they said usually about a week before the season, the Bears each year have been extending a player. So I, I would like to believe... That player would be Cody Whitehair. So you may want to be on the lookout uh, for a contract extension for Whitehair as we get, you know, eight, seven, six, five days uh, away from the season uh, that that might be happening.
0: Um, Whitehair would be
1: my pick, too. Yeah. Wait,
0: What would you say, Jake? Sorry?
1: I said Whitehair would be my pick for an extension, too. Oh, yeah. if I had to guess who they're giving it to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, as far as the the offensive line question, I did want to mention that all, uh, Alex Bars did play under high stand at at uh, Notre Dame, so that is mm-hmm. that is something yeah. worth worth noting. Um, I, I think, I mean, there's really no one else. I, I think that's just the bottom line. Uh, so I, I do think it'll be Alex Bars too. Uh, yeah. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be that guy. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving on then, defensive line. Uh, I just have two notes for defensive line. Uh, I think we see a lot of Roy Robertson Harris. That guy is a freak of nature, and he made some nice plays last season. I think we see him kind of come into his own, maybe somewhat of a breakout from him. Uh, And then Jonathan Bullard, I think this is his make or break year. He's got to show something or that's it. I mean, he can't just keep clogging the roster and, you know, someone who might (laughs) be using that position better because, I mean, he was a third-round pick, and it pays me to say it, but we've seen zip from him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, I, you know, to, to Roy Robert to the point of Roy Robertson Harris, I know we've been we've been a, a fan of his, um, you know, everybody's been a fan of his on the show. Uh, and, and, you know, like you said, he's a freak. He's just a freak of an athlete. I mean, um, and it really seems like he's just getting better every year. So I'm excited to see what he, he can do this
1: year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I met Roy at uh, Family Fest. My God, is he a huge human being. Holy smokes. And that dude, when he's on the field, I mean, he can make plays. I mean, he made a huge play against the Packers in week one last year. Uh, when given the opportunity, especially as a, a, a run defender, a rush defender, he is very, very good. So um, I fully excited Roy Robertson uh, Roberts Harris sorry, to make the roster, obviously, but get more time than last year. Uh, you know, there's people right now who are saying Jonathan Bush. Bullard might not make the roster and that it's going to be between Nick Williams and Jonathan Bullard. I'm not really sure, Uh, simply because obviously we know Bullard was that third round pick. We still would like to see a little bit more. People question, is it too early to cut that third round pick? But Nick Williams has showed a lot this preseason. I mean, of the, you know, of, you know, Jonathan Harris, Nick Williams, Uh, Jonathan Bullard, Abdullah Anderson, Nick Williams has probably been the most impressive uh, through preseason. So you probably will be seeing uh, Nick Williams on that roster too, just because of how impressive uh, his preseason has been. But what do you guys make of that? Uh, Obviously Bullard, you know, do you truly think he's on the bubble this year? Obviously we know these cuts are occurring on Saturday, so we're getting near that time. But uh, do you think he's on the bubble? And is Nick Williams a guy who can stay on this roster for uh, the regular season?
0: um you know i I really 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 like Nick williams uh, like you said he's been he's been fantastic um I know this is probably somewhat irrelevant, but um he he's honestly a very good guy um he's always responding to fans and, and whatnot um so you know he, he's I, I feel like i i 'd be biased in, in answering this because i I will say Nick Williams, but i mean it's not only because of that he he's Bullard has done nothing he 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 hasn't (laughs) you know lived up to to where he was drafted um so i I mean would i be surprised if he was cut yes and no um but i do think nick williams is definitely deserving so if they do make that move i mean i wouldn't be opposed to it necessarily but i just I, i would be a little bit a little bit surprised i'll just leave it at that
1: um yeah, I mean, I, I would be kind of surprised because I think they're just going to give him one more chance. He is a third round pick. You don't like to just cut bait with them with a that high of a pick. So I think he gets one more chance. But I do think, especially if Bullard gets cut, I think Williams has a chance to stick. He He's really oh, yeah. showed some stuff. I think he really uh, I think especially with Pagano in charge, I, I think he's really made an impression
2: yeah I mean every year there are surprise cuts it happens with every team and it happens every year you know you make all the predictions you want but ultimately there's going to be one guy that we're not talking about who's going to get cut it happens every year Uh, is that guy Jonathan Bullard I'm not sure it might just be Um, but again you, you know what kind of reputation does that put on Ryan Pace not like Ryan Pace has a bad reputation of drafting my goodness he's got one of the best drafting reputations in the league but you never want to see that like I mentioned earlier that third round pick gone so early but you know for the sake of depth, for the sake of, you know, what's going to happen in 2019, is he necessary? You know, you have to ask yourself that question.
1: Weren't weren't White, Shaheen, and Bullard all the same draft?
0: Uh,
1: Say that again? Weren't Kevin White and Adam Shaheen and Jonathan Bullard all the same draft? No, no, Kevin White was earlier. Kevin White was way earlier. Yeah. Okay.
2: Kevin White, by the – yeah. Go ahead. uh, go, Go ahead, Kevin. Well, I just want to say Kevin White got cut by the Cardinals if anyone wants to follow that story and his his journey in the NFL. He was cut, so honestly, I think the unfortunate truth is it might be the ultimate end of the road for Kevin White as much as we want to see him uh, have success in Arizona. It just didn't happen. Hopefully he finds another team, but I just thought I'd throw that out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to bring up that Shaheen got drafted in the same draft as uh, Mitch.
2: Right. So the yeah. second thing. Is that is. what it was? Okay. It, get, it does okay. get confusing to remember those things. Trust me. When I oh, look yeah. back at the previous drafts, I'm like, who got drafted in which year? I can't, you know, unless you're looking at that
1: 24-7, it's super hard to remember, so I don't blame oh, yeah.
0: you, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I, I knew they were around the same time, but for it just went off in my brain. All right, good. I'm glad it wasn't because that would have been super depressing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move to the linebackers outside and inside. Uh, first note for me, I just really can't wait to see Khalil Mack back on a football field. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see him go up against that cheese offensive line that the Packers have. Um, Leonard Floyd, as always, it's health. Just stay healthy. You I mean I've said it before on this podcast, it's always freak injuries with him. So I'm really looking forward to him coming into the season healthy. Um, And then inside linebacker, I mean, really, because I said two outside, the really only notes I have is Nick Kwiatkowski, it seemed like he was a guy who was on shaky ground, uh, I think really solidified himself against the Colts. He had a really nice game against them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, like Kylie Fitz, gone. I mean, there's no chance he makes the roster. I don't think he's been absolutely brutal. I mean, not necessarily brutal, but he hasn't shown anything uh t- to make a case for him to be on the roster james waters my goodness back-to-back games with strip sacks. i know he didn't return that one for a touchdown but he's the one that caused it uh i mean that guy has i mean you talk about one of those guys where in the beginning of the odd season you didn't even know who this guy was and now he's made a name for himself and is going to make the roster probably you'll go with waters as the most unlikely candidate uh you know to make the roster um you know the the one guy who you probably wouldn't expect to make it isaiah Irving. I think you just got to keep him there because of depth purposes. He hasn't showed anything either, which is kind of unfortunate because I think he's a player with a lot of talent, but you got to keep him there uh, for those depth purposes as well. But you know, Irving and Vaughters in, Kylie Fitz out. Unfortunately, it really is unfortunate because when this guy was drafted, people had a lot of hope for him. Uh, You know, they liked what they saw from him out of college and, you know, we were optimistic about him, but he just has not showed his keep here uh, in this outside linebacker room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 100% 100% agree with your ins and out on that one, Kevin. Um, I just wanted to bring up something about quickkowski because I know a couple of weeks ago um, we did a podcast and and we were mentioning how um, you know Nick quickkowski could be on thin ice. Yeah, and, yeah. And like Jake said, I mean, he's just he, he's he did his job and you know he solidified himself. So you know that, that's very that's very exciting to see. And and you know it shows that these players want to play for this team and they're they're hungry.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I keep doing that as my transition. I should really work on that. (laughs) Um, but let's move on then. Uh, cornerbacks, no surprises. I mean, Kevin, you, you mentioned it earlier. Duke Shelley's going to stick on this roster. I think he's really the only guy that was in question. Tolliver has been solid enough to warrant keeping him as a backup. And then, Shelley, you just drafted him. You're going to stick with him for a little while. Uh, yep. He has some physical gifts as he's flashed this preseason. You're going to hang on to him. So uh, do you guys have any other notes that you want to add for corners?
0: Um, I mean, I think you about hit it on the head. Um, Duke Shelley. Hmm. I still do have high hopes for him, um, and I think he will be good. Um, but, you know, th- this is probably just an early bump in the road for him. But, yeah, I, I still believe he's going to be a, a solid player for us.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, if you look at the who really is going to make it, you're, you're looking at again Kyle Fuller, Prince Mukamura, Buster Screen, Tolliver, and Shelley, and then John Franklin, who everyone kind of thought was possibly going to sneak his way out of this roster. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, he just hasn't showed it. He had a kind of a tough game against the Colts. Uh, Clifton Duck, everyone's favorite player for his name. Uh, he had a great game against in that second preseason game, and he kind of showed out with that incredible interception. I mean, man, what an athletic play that was. But he's not going to unfortunately be able to stay on there with, with how crowded it is. Kevin Tolliver, I just want to bring him up because last year, people were thinking of tolliver as a starter i mean you know people were going to make a statement that he was going to come out there and you know take a spot as a starter out there and he and there was a ton of promise uh from him from 2018 but he hasn't showed as much this year which is kind of unfortunate because we thought there'd be more of a progression maybe he'd work his way into being a starting corner in the future that doesn't look like the case obviously um but you know, it's just unfortunate that it almost seems like a regression from him. But nonetheless, he has to stay on from depth. He'll be a guy who can fill a role if necessary. Uh, we should go to the inside linebackers real quick because we talked about this. I believe I, don't, I think it was us three who had the podcast where we were talking about, is it Nick Kwiatkowski? Is it Iggy? Uh, which one are we going with? What have you guys liked and disliked from Iggy? Because he's been extremely up and down this preseason. So we're not really sure, you know, about him. Obviously, I think, quite frankly, you know, after preseason games one and two, I said Iggy had the advantage, but Kwiatkowski played well against the Colts. He was the one who forced that uh, pick six for Dion Bush. He got his hand in there for a pass deflection. But Iggy still has made a presence. Uh, Kwiatkowski has been poor in pass coverage. What do you guys make of that battle like we talked about earlier? Where does Iggy stand in this roster?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I was, with, I was with you guys. I think I pretty sure all three of us said Iggy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just want to say I, I was wrong. I, I, I think, I, would, <laughs> I, I think I, I would change my answer with that one. Um, and, you know, after thinking about it a little bit, you know, Kwiatkowski, I don't know if we can call him a veteran, but I mean, he's been on this team yeah. longer. Um, and I think that does, you know, give him a slight edge, at least somewhere. Um, and, you know, he, he has been good. He's played in, in meaningful games, and he's played relatively well. So, um, yeah, I mean, right now, I, it, I did say Iggy, but I, I mean, I, I think I'd have to switch it to, uh, to Kwiatkowski. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think I'm the same way. You know, we started saying, I mean, the thing is they've both kind of been the same. I mean, Iggy started the first two games and he was the one on the edge. Now the last two, Nick has edged in front. So I think that does say something about both of these players. They're up and down guys. They're both going to have their moments, but they're both also going to disappoint at times. Because Iggy also had a decent game against the Colts. Yeah. So. I mean five tackles a sack and a fumble recovery so I mean that's something I I think maybe they're feeding off each other maybe they are you know there's a little competition between between both of them so it's something I think it's something to watch and yeah we'll see
2: I think here's what you ask yourself right if you really try and decide between one of the two this is what this is what you put yourself in this is what situation you put it in you say all right it's week one Smith. Uh, goes down. Dan Trevathan goes down. Who are you more comfortable with in the game in week one? Is that Nick Kwatowski? Is that Iggy? I would go with Kwiatkowski being more comfortable. Uh yeah. simply because he's been there before. He knows what to do. He, you know, he is a liability in pass coverage. But as far as comfortability, uh, you know, who is the safer play in that situation? It, it's certainly Kwiatkowski. We just don't have enough evidence from Iggy yet. Uh in the regular season games so for that reason I would say Kwiatkowski I think they're both going to make the roster but Kwiatkowski has that edge as that that first backup Uh, and I think Josh Woods also makes the roster I I, you know he didn't have the greatest game against the Colts but week two he had a heck of a game he really made a name for himself in week two and I know Kevin Pierre-Lewis has began a little bit of talk but I think it's Josh Woods who makes the roster as that fifth inside linebacker
0: yeah um, to that point you know I I, that's actually a good point because you kind of just I just thought of something. I feel like I feel like Iggy would be more of like the big play guy, um, you know, making the yeah. big plays. But in terms of who I feel safer with, it would hundred percent be Kukowski. I, I if he's in the game, I I wouldn't expect him to be making mistakes. You know what I mean? I feel like he's that he he's that veteran type of guy at this point where you know he knows what to do. He does it well. He's not going to he's not going to do anything flashy, anything that's going to stand out, but he's going to get the job done um and you know that that's that's pretty much the bottom line for me.
1: Yeah, I'd definitely be more comfortable with Kwiatkowski. Um I think it says a lot though that uh Pierre Louis started that game against the Colts. I think that does say something as far as him making the roster though. That's what yeah. I that's the only thing I, that I think gives him the edge over someone like Woods.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's a fair point. Obviously, that's the first indication, really, is when you're looking at it yeah. is who's starting those games. But again, yeah. I guess if you're watching this game against the Titans, that's, you know, when they release, uh, you know, the defensive players on the field, who's out there, who's, uh, voice crack, sorry, who's out there. Uh, is it Pierre Lewis? Is it Josh Woods? So if you're watching the game tomorrow, look out for that, I guess, as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and let, we'll move it back to the secondary, the way we were rolling earlier. Uh, yeah. Safety, kind of like corner, not really a lot to see. I will say Dion Bush has played well this preseason, uh, especially against yeah. the Colts, played pretty well. yeah. And so yeah. Uh, I think that's something to watch. I think he's the guy. I think he's probably, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood. If something were to happen to Eddie or Ha-Ha, I think Bush would be the next guy up. Oh, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think there's no disagreements there for me.
2: No, I mean, that's the thing, too, right? I'm going to go back to this again. I said this last podcast when, when, uh, me, Jake, and Nicholas Moreno had that podcast back to me about a month ago now, and we were talking about how Clint Dix, we were so worried about him, you know, back when he was on the pup list, uh, not being there week one. We're like, oh, is it Bush? Is it Houston Carson? That's not even a, a dang question anymore. Not even. A remotely, you know, close question. It's Dion Bush, without a doubt. I mean, he had the pick six, heck of a play, uh, the awareness to you know get up uh, and run all those yards down to the end zone after you know most people thought he was touched. Everyone's just kind of standing around. Uh, and again, it, it's the same thing. It's comfort, right? You know, I will bring it back to the whole Nick Kwatowski Iggy thing. If But if Ha Ha or Eddie goes down you're comfortable with Bush. There. I mean, I, I really do think that you're not really complaining about having a guy like Bush there. Um, you know, obviously it's not any, he's no Eddie Jackson. He's no high Clinton dicks, but for a guy who can be there and make plays and just, you know, do his thing and, you know, be an okay safety there in replacement. I, I think you're liking what Dan Bush has showed and him being that good, valuable uh, backup safety. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm really a lot more comfortable with the safety room now after seeing Dion push play this preseason. Yeah. I think he, I think he, for lack of better better terms, I think he crushed it. And I think that was capped off with the Colts game Um, special teams. I mean, we talked about Pinheiro, obviously Pat O'Donnell and Patrick scales aren't going anywhere. So I think that just leads us to the guys. I think that we're most likely to see on the preseason null, Tyler, obviously, uh, I think Franklin the third gets on the preseason just because if the Bears do want to make a change in, as far as the return game, he's got that straight line speed, so I think they like to keep him around. Um, and then I think you're going to see if a guy like Woods doesn't make the 53, you're going to see him on the practice squad too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think those guys are are about right. I I, I mean, there's no complaints for me on, on that either. Um, yeah, I, I'm good with that.
2: Yeah, I think I think I, you might see Stephen Denmark work his way into the practice squad. That that's possible. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, maybe Clifton Duck gets an opportunity on the practice squad. I'm I'm not really sure uh, about that. I, I don't know about Clifton Duck. But you know those guys that you mentioned, I think are, are sure fire candidates there. And then obviously the main one is Nall. Is that's what everyone's gonna be looking out for? Is they he gonna finally cut the leash on Nall? Or are they gonna keep him on another year? We're not really sure. But again, I believe it's saturday 4 p.m eastern time i want to say i think is the final roster which is different because years prior you know you'd have the the sequences of cuts right you'd cut x amount of players at x amount of dates that's the change of the series you just go straight from you know 93 to 52 you know and, and that's a busy day for matt nagy and ryan pace to just go through 40 players and tell them that their careers in the nfl are over which is kind of depressing <laughs> honestly but you know it's what's got to be done but yeah that's that's new this year that it's all 40 of them uh getting cut, uh you know right yeah, there course. rather than it being a sequence of of cuts okay. like and it usually has been
1: yeah right yeah i mean this is uh something you're right it's different that is going to be a long day but i think that you know, it gets guys that it, it's helpful for the way that like how Nagy wants to do things and just wants the preseason yeah. to the rest of the starters. And then you get to see more of these other guys. So I think that is a good thing. But all right, we'll wrap this up. Uh, this has been a good episode, longer episode than we were expecting. We got to talk about a lot of good stuff. As, as usual, I think we always talk about good stuff. That's, I'm not going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> They're, all good. They're all good. But good stuff, as always. We have a really, I think, something we're all excited about Monday – Um, we're going to have another episode short turnaround for us. Um, we're getting back on a schedule people. We're going to be back weekly in your ears, bears talk, but as always, thank you to Kevin and Chris, Josh, we miss you, but we're going to be seeing you (laughs) real soon. Oh Um, all right, great episode boys. Always nice talking to you, but until the next episode on Monday or Tuesday, hang tight battle through this last preseason game, and as always, bear down.